had been carried off into exile in Babylon by the rivers of Babylon. There we wept. Our captor said, Sing the songs of Zion. Pick up your harps. Make merry. How could we sing in a foreign land in this situation? I don't know why this week has hit me this hard. Sandy Hook, more children were killed. You could make the argument that they were young, they had more to live for. A lot of the people who were killed were older, they had lived full lives. Isn't it more tragic when children are killed in school? But nobody said, well, you know, we don't really know why those children were killed. It was probably mental illness. But when somebody walks into the Mother Emanuel Church, the very first Emanuel Church, it was the oldest black church in the South. During a prayer meeting, during a Bible study, and sits for over 60 minutes before pulling out a gun, reloading three times as nine people out of 12 were killed. A white man did this. They quickly learned that they had pictures of him and he had a Rhodesia flag, which was a white minority that brutally oppressed uh, before it was. And then also an apartheid, you know, pre the apartheid South Africa flag. He had a picture of his license plate on his car, which was a Confederate flag. The governor of the state said they elected an Indian who has brown skin. Clearly, there can't be racism in this state. Really. She said an obtuse thing. We will never ever know why this happened. Really? We will never know? How many of you knew within hours why this happened? That's what bothers me so much. I don't watch Fox News, but I see what they do. And to watch the commentators on Fox News do mental gymnastics to say, you know, it's really unfortunate that they're even talking about race. Because what's probably happening here is the fact that they went into a church, it's probably against religion. This is the war against Christianity. Yeah, that makes sense. Why would you pick a church? I'll tell you why you pick a church. The church in the black community is the one that stood up and said, enough is enough. We will not be treated as second-class citizens, and we will love you all the way to heaven. Martin Luther King spoke in this church. This church was a historic, important civil rights church. They practiced 
nonviolence. They said, love those who hate you. The only way love wins is if love wins. Nonviolence. Turn the other cheek. This story has hit me like a ton of bricks. And if you were at annual gathering a couple years ago, um, while Trina Middleton did a keynote and she talked to our youth, she lost a family member in this congregation to this shooting. And there is an insert in your bulletin that Felix, our conference minister, writes about this. And basically what he does is he introduces it and then he writes a letter that, um, or a, a note that while Trina wrote to the church and to everybody the following morning when she was just raw. And it's a beautiful letter. I hope you take it home. I hope you read it. This troubles me because we won't admit what's going on. And I have a confession for you. I don't like prayers of confession. If you go to most churches, most churches you'll have an opening prayer, and then shortly you will have a prayer of confession where we confess our sins. And the United Church of Christ is split pretty much down the middle. The congregational Christian side from, from the British Isles, we get our polity from those folks. We are free. We are freely associating. We are local church-based. That's the evangelical and reform side, the Lutheran and Presbyterian side, that's where we get our theology. And it's all, oh, what a worm am I. That's what Luther wrote. Oh, what a worm am I. And, and Calvin wasn't much better. If anything, it was worse. And, and there's all these prayers, and oh God, we are such worms. Yeah, see that? God is telling you. Right there. You know, how dare you bring your cell phone into my house of worship? You'll never do that. And... And I, the, the problem is, with prayers of confession, they are so disempowering. Uh, you know, we have experts in our, we have mental health experts in our midst. And when you tell somebody over and over and over again, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. I'm a worm. You're a wreck. You wish you could come back as a worm. You know, in your dreams, you're a worm. And... And the thing is, it's so disempowering that you just you walk away and you just feel, you feel, I feel yucky and I just feel like I can't do anything. So generally speaking, you will never see me do prayers of confession because I don't like them. I think they do bad things to the Spirit. But today we need to confess. We need to confess that we are not where we think we are as a people, as a country, as a nation. There are white supremacist bloggers who are out there saying this is a terrible thing. We are going to get a bad name. White supremacists are worried about being lumped with people who are the natural outgrowth and extension of what they believe. And this just makes me so sad. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept. Because we had nothing else to do. And you know those families, when they went to court when, the, when Dylan Roof was arraigned, the families all said, I will never see my aunt again, and I forgive you. 
I don't know whether I could do this. If Mary or Michael or somebody or any of you had been gunned down, the pastor of that church lost his life. See, this is a reminder. See, this is important. Pay attention. We are given an opportunity to say we need to go further. Immediately following the, you know, the governor said, we will bring the, the state flag and, and the U.S. flag down to half-mast for nine days, one day for each day of a person who lost their lives. But that Confederate flag is still flying full staff. Now it's flying full staff because it's not on a pulley. It's either up or it's down. And according to South Carolina line, it has to be flying. But what's the image to an African-American who sees the U.S. flag at half-staff and the Confederate flag at full-staff? What does that say? And they say, well, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> this is really, I'm sorry, this is very comical at this point. No, no, it's alive. It's, it's, uh, we're going to have an exorcism on the phone uh, after the service. We, uh, we do healing touch today, and we'll, we'll anoint it with oil, and, 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 and we'll, we'll heal it. Um, we believe in these things. Um, but I have been so troubled, and I was just, I was waiting for the National Rifle Association. It's like, they're going to weigh in. They're going to weigh in, and it's going to be bad. And sure enough, one of the board members said, you know whose fault it was that all those people died? It was the pastor's fault. Because the pastor is an assemblyman in the legislature, and the pastor argued against the open carry laws for churches. And if the pastor had voted for concealed weapon permits in the churches, and someone in that church and would have encouraged his congregation to have a weapon in church, a member of the congregation during a prayer meeting can do what prayer meetings are all about, pulling out your pistol and shooting somebody down. The church was to blame. Have we really gone that far as a people? And so I just have felt this whole week, I called Pam, I said, Pam, we're going to have to do a new uh, contemplative, we're going to do a new closing, thank you, we, we're doing We Shall Overcome. Um, we, we changed some stuff, we changed the scriptures, it's like we've got to do something different this week. I think at this time I wanted to show the images of the, you can unmute, these are the nine lives. Is it unmuted? It's working perfectly.
church until the fourth century until the edict of toleration and under Constantine was a pacifist. It was illegal for a Roman soldier to convert to Christianity because the minute they did they had to lay down their sword and they couldn't fight. It wasn't until the state and Christianity merged that we made accommodations. Some of those accommodations don't fit very well with the teachings of Jesus. So as a people, I want us to pray for our country. That we recognize that there may be more time we need for the Voting Rights Act. That we may need our police forces to be more sensitive to the color of people's skins. That black and brown lives do in fact matter that we have a long way to go to heal the woundedness in our hearts. And I would like us to do a prayer of confession right now, if you'll pray with me. Oh God, you lead by example. You sent your son and he turned the other cheek. He said, those who live by the sword will die by the sword, and we have chosen so many times to die by the sword. Forgive us our history of racism in this country. Forgive us for finding ways to overlook what is so clearly before our face. Give us the courage to speak truth when others and their lives are in peril. 
Help us to know that love is the only way, the only way to defeat hatred and violence and anger and suspicion is by unconditional love. Help us follow the example of AME Church, forgiving those who harm us, even as we speak out, particularly those who live with privilege, for justice in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to move into Healing Touch. If I can find my, my oil. Those who would like to be blessed and to offer a blessing upon, we invite you to come forward as you feel moved for healing and anointing and prayer this day. <clears throat> 